Hello and welcome back to a very special episode of Zap. My name's Beck. And I'm Jono. And continuing the festivities, we are giving you part two of our soon-to-be number one best-selling crama, which is crime drama, novel, and undisclosed amount of fries. We've put together the last five chapters of the novel for your entertainment, so please sit back, relax, and enjoy this very special episode of Zap. Chapter six. I'm ready. I'm ready. An undisclosed amount of fries. Ding dong. Ding dong. Ding dong, ding dong, ding dong. Detective Harlan Sanders awoke to the sound of his doorbell ringing, and as he opened his eyes, he looked around his darkened room. Outside was pitch black, and his room was lit only with the soft glow of his digital alarm clock, which read 11.02pm. Harlan rubbed his eyes and stepped out of bed. Ding dong, ding dong, ding dong, ding dong, ding dong. All right, all right, I'm coming. Detective Harlan Sanders yelled down the stairs as he started to descend. It was times like these that made Detective Harlan Sanders wish that crime did, in fact, sleep. In fact, if it were up to him, crime would have a strict 8pm curfew so so that he could get a decent night's sleep for once. But alas, it wasn't up to Detective Harlan Sanders, so now he had to go deal with whatever trivialities crime was set to throw at him on this particular night. Detective Harlan Sanders squinted through the peephole of his door to see the outline of what vaguely resembled a person. Glasses. Harlan had forgotten his glasses and was all but blinded without them. He called out, Who is it? There you are, Detective Harlan Sanders. It's me, Poppy. I need your help. It's urgent. Detective Harlan Sanders opened the door and let Poppy inside. She stepped in and hung her coat up before making her way to the living room, sitting down on the lounge. I'm sorry I didn't come in earlier. To be honest, I was kind of expecting you to come into the shop today so I could explain, but seeing as you weren't there, I had to wait until after close. Poppy looked visibly upset. She grabbed a tissue from the coffee table and wiped the welling tears in her eyes. I was robbed today, Poppy cried. She talked Detective Harlan through what she experienced that morning. First the chicken and the spices, and then before she knew it, her oil was gone too. Thank goodness you're all right, Poppy. That sounds eerily similar to the work of our unknown killer. Herbs, spices, hot oil, it matches our suspect perfectly. Why didn't you call the police when it happened? asked Detective Harlan Sanders. Well, that's the thing, Poppy replied. I wanted to, but I couldn't. I was scared. Scared of what? Detective Harlan Sanders bleated. Poppy didn't speak. Instead, she reached into her bag to reveal a bright white fedora. A very familiar bright white fedora. You don't think... Detective Han- Sal- <laughs> I can't say his full name. <laughs> Detective Harlan Sanders trailed off. This was the only thing I could find out of place in my shop. The only piece of evidence left behind. Harlan got up out of his seat and started pacing the room. He was in one of those moods. One of those moods that Persephone knew too well. One of those moods that meant it was time to get out a new clock and set it to the correct time, ready to replace the unfortunate timepiece in Detective Harlan Sanders' office. But luckily for clocks, Harlan didn't own any that were analogue. And after a long bout of uninterrupted pacing, Detective Harlan Sanders stopped and turned to Poppy. Poppy, there's something very odd going on here, but without concrete evidence, I can't take any action as of yet. The fedora we have places Bucky at your restaurant around the time of the theft. However, as this incident shares so many qualities with our active investigation into the murders, I can't yet commit to arresting Bucky if, in fact, there's evidence that links him to the murder scenes. Because as soon as he's in cuffs, I don't think he'll be giving us any hints. Poppy, I want you to leave the hat here. 
I'll be by your shop first thing in the morning to look for any other clues. For the meantime, I'm going to need you to stay quiet regarding this matter. If Bucky is behind this, he'll be tying up loose ends even at the sniff of suspicion. This stays between us. Agreed? Agreed, replied Poppy. With that, Detective Harlan Sanders walked over to the door, swung it open, and said his goodbyes and goodnights to Poppy. He waved goodbye and gently closed the door before climbing up the stairs and settling back into bed. Ding dong! Ding dong, ding dong, ding dong, ding dong. <laughs> Detective Harlan Sanders rolled over and groaned, but again started his descent to the front door. He looked through the peephole again to realise he'd forgotten his glasses for the second time. <sighs> but before he could ask who it was, Poppy shouted through the door, Detective Harlan Sanders, it's Poppy again. Sorry, I think I left my bag in the living room. Can you, could I pop you to grab it quickly? Harlan opened the door and true to her word, Poppy quickly grabbed her bag and said her goodnights once more. Now thoroughly knackered, Detective Harlan Sanders climbed upstairs again and got some shut-eye for about an hour and a half before his rest was once again interrupted by the wretched sound of his doorbell. Ding dong! Ding dong! Detective Harlan Sanders sat up remembering to put on these glasses this time and started the descent back downstairs. This is ridiculous, he thought. I ought to tell the judges to start putting harsher sentences on anyone who commits crime after dark. Harlan filed that thought away in his mental notes before looking through the peephole to see none other than the fedoraless Bucky himself. <gasps> Detective Harlan Sanders' heart skipped a beat. Hell, maybe even two. He opened the door a sliver, making sure his body blocked the sight of the bright fedora on the table in the living room. Hey, Bucky! Detective Harlan Sanders whispered through the slightly ajar door. Bucky was slightly perplexed at Harlan's composure, but there were bigger matters at hand. Harlan, stop mucking about. They found another body. Chapter 7 11. 11 murders in Poultry Valley. It was terrifying, and each day that passed, Detective Harlan Sanders felt more and more as if he had failed the town. He'd been the lead on this case the entire time, and even after them recruiting Bucky for the case, he was no closer to solving it. If anything, with the 11th murder, he was now further away. Detective Harlan Sanders sat in the passenger seat of Bucky's police car. He felt as if there should be a weird tension in the air with Bucky's head exposed and his fedora sitting in Detective Harlan Sanders' living room after it being found at the scene of a crime. But Bucky didn't know this. Was that why he was acting so cool, calm and collected? Or was this always how he acted when hatless? Switching the sirens off, Bucky started to brake and pull into a driveway. Gravel crunching under the tyres, Bucky said in a quiet and calm voice, This is it. Crime scene number 11. The car stopped and Bucky moved the gear stick into park, then undid his seatbelt and adjusted himself to get out of the car. You coming? He signalled to Detective Harlan Sanders. I just need a minute. I'll join you in a sec, replied Detective Harlan Sanders. He'd been quiet the whole car ride, overwhelmed with so many thoughts. Was Bucky the one behind this all? Who was victim number 11? Had he remembered to turn the iron off after ironing his tie? Which is very relevant because apparently it's tie month, right? It is tie (laughs) month, yeah. (laughs) Sure, replied Bucky. It never gets easier, does it? Giving Detective Harlan Sanders a sympathetic nod, Bucky opened the car door and started walking towards the house at the end of the driveway. Detective Harlan Sanders recognized this house. It was that of old George Smeathby. He ran one of the bakeries in town, famous for their wide variety of bagels, and specifically the pizza bagel, covered in pizza sauce, pepperoni, cheese, and of course, the perfect dash of oregano. 
Detective Harlan Sanders stopped himself from going down that road just yet. For now, he wanted to use the time alone in Bucky's car to his advantage. Was there anything in here that could prove Bucky was at the robbery of Poppy Chicken's Fried Chicken restaurant? Detective Harlan Sanders ran his hand quickly along the dashboard, searching for old parking tickets. Nothing. Opening the glove box, he swished around the contents. First aid kit, spare pair of socks, a shaker of garlic salt? This would have made Detective Harlan Sanders more suspicious. However, his long friendship with Bucky had made him aware of his garlic salt addiction. Without a doubt, Bucky had at least two shakers within five meters of him at all time. Detective Harlan Sanders shut the glove box and moved to the center console. Lying beneath a CD, Detective Harlan Sanders spotted a crushed up piece of paper. Picking it up, he smoothed it out and read the scrawled handwriting. Shift commences at 5am, opens for service at 7.30am. Detective Harlan Sanders knew those times well. Aside from being the perfect time for a brisk morning walk, that was when Poppy's shift, Poppy Chicken shift started at the restaurant and the latter was when the store actually opened. Detective Harlan Sanders suddenly felt dizzy. Was this proof? Bucky was there, clearly. Why didn't he mention it? Is he the one behind the crime? It was too much for Detective Harlan Sanders. He pulled a sick bag out of the center console and used it for its designed purpose. He quickly put the mystery paper in his jacket pocket and got out of the car. Walking with weak legs towards the house, he disposed of his nerves in the sick bag in a wheelie bin. Police tape sectioned off the house from the world of innocence. Lifting the tape above his head, Detective Harlan Sanders walked underneath and entered the house to find tens of people bustling about, all avoiding the centre of the chalk outline on the floor. George, sighed Detective Harlan Sanders. In the far corner of the room, George's wife Louise was being consoled by other officers. This was awful, thought Detective Harlan Sanders. No more. There has to be an end to this. Detective Harlan Sanders walked up to one of the key forensic workers. What do we know so far? Questions Detective Harlan Sanders. In terms of evidence, we found a strange substance in the carpet on a few areas near the body. You can see card 15, Jesse the forensic worker started pointing, 16 and 18 all show the same flaky green substance. Detective Harlan Sanders didn't even need to look closer to know what that was. Horigano, he sighed, bringing his hand to his chin and starting to rub it slowly. We can't be 100% certain yet, but yes, that's our guess. Is but yes, our guess is oregano too right now," replied Jesse. "Oh, I am 100% certain. That's a herb, all right. Well, yes, I too am certain that oregano is a herb, but we can't be certain that that is oregano," said Jesse, confused. Detective Harlan Sanders was no longer listening. Instead, his eyes wandered to Bucky standing by the fridge of Georgia and Louise, inspecting its contents. Detective Harlan Sanders walked up behind him. Hungry? asked Detective Harlan Sanders. For justice, replied Bucky, shutting the fridge. This just isn't fair. You saw the herbs, right? Oregano, at least they think it is. Oh, I saw the herbs. Of course you saw it. And of course you knew about this before I did. And of course you... Harlan, what's going on? We can't turn on each other now. Not now. We can't fall apart because before we solve this, otherwise the town has no hope. I think it's a little late for you to turn on me, Bucky. Shall we step outside for a bit? Bucky took Detective Harlan Sanders' arms and led him out into the back garden. Detective Harlan Sanders brushed his arm free from Bucky's gentle grip. Poppy Chicken's restaurant was robbed, Bucky. Bucky stood still. Frustrated, Detective Harlan Sanders whispered an angry whisper. Poppy Chicken's restaurant was robbed of the hot oil, herbs and spices. And you know all the... (laughs) And you know 
<laughs> what? Oh, right. I didn't write this sentence properly. <laughs> and you know all that she found when she realized your white fedora. That's not sitting on your head right now because it's in my living room as evidence. How do you explain that, Bucky? What's going on? Can I trust you right now? Bucky sighed. Look, Harland, I know this doesn't look good. And by that, I'm in my head without the hat. But I also mean this situation. But I can explain. It was a trap. A trap, replied Detective Harlan Sanders, sounding unsure. For who? For the coleslaw killer. You see, once we'd worked out the herbs and spices link and we already knew about the hot oil, I thought surely there was only one place in town with a big enough and constant supply of all those items, as well as the moist towelettes, thought Detective Harlan Sanders aloud, piecing it together. Exactly, continued Bucky. Poppy Chicken's restaurant is where the coleslaw killer is getting their supplies, so I worked out the best time of day when they would be out all in the open and began staking it out, waiting for the coleslaw killer to arrive. I saw them, Harland. I saw a figure enter the shop and so of course I went to follow them, but I didn't get a good look. I waited by the door for them to run out, but as I was crouched down, an arm wrapped around my neck and look, I don't know about you, but I had always assumed the moist towelettes were for cleaning up, but the hand put a moist towelette on my mouth with what I'm guessing was chloroform and I was only awake enough to see one figure run away whilst the other dragged me behind a bush and that's when my fedora fell off. Detective Harlan Sanders was stunned, silent, so much to unpack here. The moist towelettes were used to knock out the victims? And wait, wait, there were two figures? asked Detective Harlan Sanders. Yes, exclaimed Bucky, one to keep watch and one to steal the supplies. How can I trust you, Bucky? How do I know you're not caught up in all this? Why didn't you tell me this right away? Harlan, why do you think I visited you in the middle of the night? I think they're on to me and I didn't want to lead them to you. I actually think this crime scene is the safest place for us right now. I was also waiting to show you this. Bucky pulled from his back pocket an evidence bag. Inside, a moist towelette. My attacker for some reason wasn't wearing gloves. They mustn't have been expecting to see me. But Harland, we've got prints. For the first time in this ridiculously long and haunting case, we have evidence other than herbs and spices. Yes, it's a moist towelette, but it has prints. We're getting closer. Detective Harlan Sanders felt a rush of relief. They were getting closer. They walked back into inside and Detective Harlan Sanders ordered a member of the forensic team to test the prints of the moist towelette, but discreetly. Who knew who they could trust? As Detective Harlan Sanders was walking back over to the chalk outline of George, he noticed something on the dining table. It was a receipt dated yesterday. It was for Giovanni's. The restaurant owned by Giovanni. The restaurant next to Danielle's. The deli where Danielle was murdered by the coleslaw killer. And co. Not knowing what this could mean, Detective Harlan Sanders put it in an evidence bag to look at later. As he did, his phone rang. Unknown number, but perhaps it could be a lead. Your friend Bucky is gonna watch. It, is gonna want to watch his back because next time it will be more than a moist towelette he's getting. <laughs> Scared and also slightly disturbed by that sentence, Detective Harlan Sanders <laughs> waved over a team that looked like they knew how to use the tech equipment to try and get them to trace his phone call, but they hadn't actually brought the right equipment, so they all just stood around helplessly. Stop this right now, Detective Harlan Sanders said into the phone. Back off and reveal yourself. If you want us to stop the murders, and if you ever want to see your beloved poppy chicken again, you'll give us what we want. Not poppy chicken too. 
What is it that you want? We can arrange an exchange. Please, what do you want? Yelled Detective Harlan Sanders into the phone. The recipe, your secret recipe. Of course, it all made sense. Why hadn't Detective Harlan Sanders worked this out before? All the murders were connected. They all had seen a copy of Detective Harlan Sanders' century-old family heirloom fried chicken recipe. The coleslaw killer was after something only Detective Harlan Sanders knew, and he was going to have to do something nobody in his family had done for over a century. Reveal the secret. Chapter 8 Somewhere across the city, a phone is placed down on its receiver with a clunk. An unknown figure sighs and approaches a chicken cage in the corner of a dimly lit office. Their voice-changing mask presses up against the bars of the cage as they speak to their chicken. Not much longer now, my pretty. We're tantalizingly close to the recipe. I can almost taste it. Came the unsurprising reply. Yes, once that recipe is ours, we can finally realize my vision for Kentucky's finest chicken restaurants. Although the name's a bit long, so we might have to abbreviate it. The chicken stared them directly in the eyes and relieved itself in the cage. Uh, And then there's a little break there. So we've got a little Mm -hmm. behind the curtains there. Meanwhile, back across the city, Bucky and Detective Harlan Sanders were arriving back at the station. Bucky's car splashed through a deep puddle before coming to a stop in the car park. Rain was clattering loudly against the roof of Bucky's car. Detective Harlan Sanders turned in his seat to face Bucky. Bucky, I'm sorry I I lashed out earlier. This case, it's gone on so long with so many victims and I, I didn't stop to question my suspicions. I just wanted this case closed for the suffering to stop, for Poultry Valley to be free from the chains of fear and for these killers to be put away once and for all. You don't have to apologize, old friend, replied Bucky. You've been working tirelessly on this case for months. Anyone in your position would want this over and I can see how the robbery at Poppy's left me as a prime suspect. And I've been thinking and unfortunately, Highland, while I remain a suspect, while there isn't any evidence to say I didn't do it, I'm going to have to distance myself from this investigation. Bucky, don't tell me that, Detective Harlan Sanders pleaded. Don't tell me that you're leaving, Bucky. I need you on this case with me. I feel like we're so close to busting it wide open, but I need you to help me out. Bucky sighed. I know it won't be easy without me, but I can't be on board while there's this potential conflict of interest. If you need me, you always have my number. I'm going to get myself out of Poultry Valley and lay low in case these killers want around too. Goodbye, old friend. Bucky and Detective Harlan Sanders shared a tearful hug before Detective Harlan Sanders stepped out of the car and into the rain. He made his way swiftly across the car park and into the station. Not wanting to dwell on the prior moments, lest he get emotional, Detective Harlan Sanders went to his office. He sat down in his chair and placed his head in his hands. All for this stupid recipe, he thought, and as much as he wanted to part with it, he knew he couldn't give these murderers the satisfaction they crave. How could he even trust they'd release Poppy when he gave them the recipe? What do I do? Detective Harlan Sanders whispered to himself. Harlan took his face out of his hands and leant back on his chair. As he did, he felt something drop out of his pocket onto the floor. He swiveled in his chair to see the, re- the receipt for Giovanni's, which was left at the crime scene of murder number 11. In that moment, Detective Harlan Sanders felt a wave of motivation hit him. Physically, he was exhausted, but mentally, he was in the zone. With a newfound haste, he made his way out to reception where Persephone was in her usual spot, meticulously organising something inconsequential. Persephone, I'm taking out one of the patrol cars. Can I grab a set of keys? Persephone looked up. So long as it comes back in the same condition, she spun around in her chair and and took a key off a row of similar-looking keys before spinning back around and handing it to the detective. So do we have a deal? she asked. Deal, answered Detective Harlan Sanders. 
He accepted the keys and jumped into the patrol car. He adjusted the mirrors and set off toward Giovanni's. So many questions ran through the detective's head as he navigated the streets, all of which could only be answered by going to Giovanni's, the very same place that Detective Harlan Sanders had met pushback on his prior visit. Giovanni did not like questions, much less did he like answering them. If there was someone who had something to hide, it would be Giovanni. As Detective Harlan Sanders made his way through the centre of town, he was met with the saddening sight of his favourite chicken shop, Poppy's Chicken Shop, dark and silent. Normally full of customers, joy, and the wonderful smell of fried chicken, the shop was empty and lifeless. Detective Harlan <laughs> Sanders had to get to the bottom of this for the good of the city, the good of the people, and for the good of Poppy Chicken and her chicken. <laughs> Detective Harlan Sanders pulled up in front of Giovanni's. It was after close and the shop was shut. No lights were on inside. <laughs> he stepped out of his vehicle into the cold air of the night and approached the door. There was no movement or sound coming from inside the restaurant. All was eerily quiet and eerily still. Looking around, the street was empty. All surrounding shops were closed and Danny's De- Danielle's Deli had been boarded shut. It made sense that no one was about. Who in their right mind would be braving the streets at night with a killer on the loose? Detective Harlan Sanders focused back on the door and checked the doorknob. Unsurprisingly, it was locked. If only Bucky was here, he could pick through this, thought Detective Harlan Sanders. With subtle means of entry all but ruled out, he decided to give the old shoulder barge skeleton key a go. The detective took five steps back, lowered his shoulder and ran at the door full pace, colliding with a hearty thud. He fell backwards and hit the pavement hard. He looked back up at the door, still standing firm, almost in a mocking way. He hadn't broken down the door, but he very nearly broke his collarbone. Detective Harlan Sanders lay back down to give himself a second to recover, and as he looked up into the sky, he saw the second-story window open and the blinds swaying gently in the wind. The detective pulled himself back up off the ground and began stacking bins and milk crates up in front of the restaurant until he found himself able to grasp the windowsill of the second story. And after a bit of wriggling, he found himself in the very office of Giovanni. It was time for answers. Chapter 9. Detective Harlan Sanders looked around. Cautious not to be seen from the outside, he shut the window behind him and pulled the curtains, but kept the light off. Using his phone torch, he swept the flash of light across the room, scanning for clues. Everything seemed normal. Detective Harlan Sanders walked over to a filing cabinet and tugged at the drawers. Locked, of course. Moving to a stack of papers, he shuffled through them. Just looked mostly like tax receipts. Maybe he was just doing his taxes the night of Danielle's murder, like he said. He went to move on, but as he readjusted the papers, something caught his eye. It was a tolls statement. Detective Harlan Sanders brought it closer to his face and examined the tolls Giovanni had taken recently. Even for a town with such a small population, Poultry Valley did have a lot of toll roads. The two main sources of income for the local government were farming and toll roads. The first first few tolls looked like they would have just been trips around town, but there were two routes that kept appearing. Detective Harlan Sanders knew these routes very well. One was the toll route on the route to Poppy Chicken's restaurant, and the other was the route to Poppy Chicken's house. Why would Giovanni be travelling so often to Poppy Chicken's restaurant and her house? Detective Harlan Sanders put the toll statement down. He felt sick. Had Giovanni been staking out Poppy Chicken, waiting for the perfect moment to attack? He took a quick step back to find something to hold onto to stabilise himself, but instead he tripped over something hard and metallic. It made a large echoing bong sound as Detective Harlan Sanders tripped over it, landing on the floor with his legs caught up on the metallic object. Readjusting himself to see what he'd fallen over, Detective Harlan Sanders brought his torch closer. 
It was covered in a woven blanket. He removed the covering swiftly. Is that a keg? He whispered to himself. Not a keg, he realized. A vat. He saw a label on the side. Oil gets very dangerous when hot. Proceed with caution. Shiver me friars, sighed Detective Harlan (laughs) Sanders. This is evidence, surely. Confused that Giovanni would leave evidence in plain sight. Well, to be fair, it was covered in that woven blanket, but that wasn't very hard to move, so it was basically in plain sight. Confused that Giovanni would leave evidence in plain sight, Detective Harlan Sanders knew there must be more. He walked over to Giovanni's desk and started pulling at the numerous drawer handles, praying that one would open and he would hit the jackpot. Empty. Empty again. On the fourth and final drawer, Detective Harlan Sanders swung open the wooden vessel to reveal piles upon piles of moist towelettes. He was getting excited now. Seeing a rubbish bin in the corner, a confident Detective Harlan Sanders waltzed over. It was the classic scene of a struggling creative, scrunched up bits of paper beautifully filling the bin and pouring out of it like a waterfall. He picked up a piece closest to his foot and smoothed it out. It looked like a shopping list with things crossed off. There were greasy fingerprints covering it. And what looked like flour? Detective Harlan Sanders started reading the list. Rosemary, garlic powder... Black pepper, cardamom, question mark, question mark, question mark. Cardamom had several question marks next to it and a few scribbles. Detective Harlan Sanders smoothed out another piece of paper again. Thyme, paprika, garlic salt, rosemary, question mark, question mark, question mark. Again, a shopping list with similar items, but apparently some confusion about others. Oh my gosh, said Detective Harlan Sanders, annoyed at himself for not realizing it sooner. Giovanni was trying to guess the Sanders century-old family heirloom fried chicken recipe. Detective Harlan Sanders leaned to pick down another piece, but as he did, his head bonked a brick on the wall, resulting in a loud clicking and whirring sound. What the? A section of the brick started moving backwards to reveal a dimly lit passageway. Quickly bagging some of the lists, some moist towelettes, and taking a photo of the vat of oil for evidence, Detective Harlan Sanders then made his way down the pathway. He could hear a voice, a voice he knew well. Before he followed the voice, he stopped for a moment. He quickly started a group text with Persephone and Bucky. He knew Bucky had stepped away from the case, but he hadn't stepped away from being a friend. Typing quick, very quickly, he wrote, At Giovanni's, bricks moved, following the road, moist towelettes in draw four, so much evidence, miss you both. When this is all over, let's get together and watch Paul Blart more cop. Oh yeah, I'm going in. If you don't hear from me... In 30 minutes, send backup. Detective Harlan Sanders was never known for requiring backup. Perhaps that's why he came on this mission alone. But he wasn't planning on leaving alone. He wanted poppy chicken. After hitting send on the text, he also sent a photo of the vat. He also accidentally sent a picture of the car Persephone had left him to prove it was in good condition. Even though an accident. She would appreciate that. Detective Harlan Sanders stopped stalling and continued down the path. The voice was Giovanni's. It sounded like he was talking to someone on the phone. Detective Harlan Sanders couldn't work out to who. Yes, I'm positive he'll come looking. I've got our precious and he will bring the precious in order to get his so-called precious. Detective Harlan Sanders was getting very close. The path widened and he could see Giovanni standing, facing away from the entrance and towards a dimly lit cage. Beside the cage, a huge corkboard with green string. Green? Bold choice, thought Detective Harlan Sanders. The green string was connecting photos of the victims, but also of herbs and spices. Of course, Giovanni was 
prying everyone for information about the Sanders century-old family heirloom fried chicken recipe. When the recipe was designed a century ago, the Sanders family bestowed a herb and spice with different villages. Each of them were to know a herb and or spice and pass down that knowledge of herb and or spice down their bloodline. If for some reason anything was to happen to the recipe, there would be a collective that could gather and form, but they were not to share it. Giovanni clearly tried to break this tradition and force it out of them, and when they wouldn't give, he killed them. It made Detective Harlan Sanders sick with rage. Ah! yelled Detective Harlan Sanders running towards Giovanni. Realizing he had no weapons in his hands, he jumped on the back of Giovanni and covered Giovanni's mouth. Giovanni, not used to being attacked without a chloroformed moist towel in his hand, licked Detective Harlan Sanders' hand. Ew! screamed Detective Harlan Sanders, removing his hand and jumping off Giovanni. He reached into his back pocket and pulled out a gun. Not sure why he didn't do that before. Freeze! he yelled. Make me, yelled Giovanni, Giovanni, starting to run. Detective Harlan Sanders saw a vat next to a desk and kicked it over so that it rolled in the line of Giovanni, tripping him over. Detective Harlan Sanders ran over and held the gun to Giovanni. Game over. Open the cage. A sly-looking Giovanni led Detective Harlan Sanders to the cage and unlocked it. Detective Harlan Sanders felt nervous to see the state of Poppy Chicken, but inside was just a chicken? Where's Poppy Chicken? said Detective Harlan Sanders. You said bonk. Detective Harlan Sanders had been hit on the head again, likely with a vat. His consciousness only remained long enough to hear a familiar set of footsteps arriving, followed by a female voice. About time, it said. Chapter 10. That voice. Detective Harlan Sanders knew it well, but it didn't make sense in his head. These thoughts kept swimming in circle through the depths of his brain. Round and round, sinking deeper and deeper, still with no answers. His head was ringing as he fell further into the depths of his own mind, still struggling for answers, drowning in uncertainty, gasping for clarity, until Detective Harlan Sanders was snapped out of his spiral of madness by a sharp sensation in his eye. He jolted awake, slamming his already bruised head against the rattling frame of a cage a cage which he now shared with the very same chicken he saw moments before being knocked unconscious, the same chicken that had just pecked him in the eye, and the same chicken who was not too pleased to now have a roommate. Now awake and aware of his circumstances, he looked around the room in which he was held captive. The room was clad in concrete. Everywhere you looked, the dull grey surface would stare back, devoid of life or joy, having never seen the sun. Detective Harlan Sanders hoped he wouldn't meet the same fate. Apart from Detective Harlan Sanders and his newfound feathered roommate, who was not at all enthused that his space had been... Yeah. <coughs> Sorry. <coughs> Let's start that again. Apart from... Dissect- oh, my goodness. Apart from... <laughs> it's a long chapter. <laughs> it's a long chapter. I was, this is the start. All right. Apart from Detective Sanders and his newly found feathered roommate, who was not at all pleased to have his space invaded, the room was quiet littered with industrial machinery, battered kitchen appliances and empty oil drums. The detective knew this is where the killers had been staging their attacks from. He kept scanning the room, but before he was able to glean any further information, the door opposite the cage swung open, revealing the beast of a man, Giovanni, wearing a sloppy-looking chef's jacket and a floppy hat. (laughs) Well, 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 if it isn't our little detective friend. Did you have a good nap? he mocked. Giovanni turned and leant back through the doorframe. Hey, boss, our guest has woken up from his widow nap. Excellent, came the reply. 
Detective Harlan Sanders was so certain he knew the voice. It was all too familiar, but something about the circumstance wouldn't allow his brain to connect the dots. But boy, was his brain in for a shock. Time seemed to go in slow motion as high-heeled footsteps grew ever closer to the door adjacent to him. The tapping of high heels on the concrete seemed deafeningly loud as the silhouette rounded the corner and the detective couldn't believe his eyes. Poppy, gasped Detective Harlan Sanders. In the flesh, she replied as she sauntered through the open doorway. But, 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 Detective Sanders tailed off. Lost for words, Poppy joked as she leant back on the bench next to the cage. Let me get you up to speed. For the past few months, I've been playing out a meticulously crafted plan to get a hold of your chicken recipe. And I've always been one step ahead. And you've always trusted poor little pure poppy chicken. Tell me, detective, who just happened to be around when you were poisoned in your own home? It was me. Who was it that convinced you to turn against Bucky? It was me. And who's been slipping you laxatives in your food? Also me. However, that was more just for fun. Even the robbery at my restaurant was completely staged. Although it would have been nice, Giovanni, if you'd discussed that with me first. Sorry again about that one, boss, Giovanni replied. You see, for generations, the chicken family has been trying to get their hands on the Sanders' secret chicken recipe, and for generations, they've been weak. Not one person in my lineage has had the guts to just go ahead and take it. The chicken family has tried decoding it. They've tried stealing it. They've tried getting close to the Sanders to get the information out of you, but no one's ever had the willpower to go ahead and take it. Even I tried the easy way of, stor- of extorting it from the families entrusted to keep the secret safe. But when they didn't talk, they stopped being useful. And we couldn't just go around leaving witnesses, could we? Detective Harlan Sanders sat there in pain, in shock, in sheer disbelief of what he was hearing. You monsters. All of this killing. All of this death. Just for a chicken recipe. <laughs> Not just a chicken recipe, Detective. You see, whoever holds the secret recipe holds the power to overtake the chicken game worldwide. This chicken recipe has the potential to build me an empire. An empire bigger than anyone could have ever imagined. A kingdom of chicken from Sandy Shore to Sandy Shore. This isn't just about a recipe, Detective. It's about the power I would hold as the biggest fried chicken chain in the world. And the only thing stopping me is you and your stupid secrecy. Poppy Chicken had lost it. She wasn't mad with power. She was in the only state of madness worse than mad with power. Mad on the cusp of power. The thought of the power she would have weighed against the cost of attaining that power was a deadly cocktail of rage, perseverance and direction. She knew what she had to do, and she would stop at nothing to flawlessly pull it off. Now, Detective Sanders, it's time to bargain, Poppy threatened. Detective Sanders gulped. Perhaps it was Poppy's tone or the look in her eyes, or maybe just the fact that he was locked in a cage in some sort of secret dungeon, outmanned and outgunned, but he had a slight feeling he was in no particular position to negotiate. You've got two options, Detective. One... You can keep your secret and never see the light of day again. Or alternatively, you can give up your oh-so-precious recipe and we'll let you live the rest of your days far away from here in Alaska, never to return. Harlan hung his head. He was trapped, both both physically and morally. There was no sneaking his way out of this one. Alarms of all shapes and sizes rung through his head in pitches high and low, warning him that this would likely be the most important or last decision he'd ever make. The Sanders family heirloom secret chicken recipe was inherently secret, and putting that recipe into the hands of someone so evil went against everything he'd ever known. But on the flip side, if he didn't cooperate, he, along with the secret recipe, would die, 
never to be replicated, never to be enjoyed by anyone ever again. For the second time today, Detective Sanders' brain was bombarded with vicious circling thoughts, and after a drawn-out silence, he sighed and said, Fine, I'll give you the recipe. Giovanni pulled out a scrap of paper and furiously scribbled down the list of ingredients Detective Harlan Sanders had recalled. Salt, thyme, basil, oregano, celery salt, black pepper, dried mustard, paprika, garlic salt, ground ginger, white pepper. Broken, defeated, and filled with guilt, Detective Harlan Sanders slumped in his cage. Poppy Chicken knelt down next to the cage, staring directly into the detective's eyes. Thank you for that, detective. But seeing as you've shared a secret with us, I think it's only fair we share a secret with you. We were never going to let you live. We just needed to give you an incentive to give us the recipe. Now, if you don't mind, Detective Harlan Sanders, I think you've just about outstayed your welcome. Pleasure doing business with you. Oh. Poppy Chicken stood up and started walking towards the door opposite the cage. Wait, blurted Detective Harlan Sanders. How do you know I gave you the real recipe? Detective Harlan Sanders knew full well he had given them the right recipe, but it was all he could think of to give himself more time. Poppy Chicken stopped in her tracks and turned to face the detective. Hmm, you make a good point, detective. She turned to face her accomplice. Giovanni, whip up a batch... <laughs> oh no, Giovanni, whip up a batch of chicken following that recipe, and if the, the detective has lied to us, we take one of his fingers. Like clockwork, Giovanni moved to the corner of the room and started to prepare a batch of chicken following the directions Harlan Sanders had given them. Before long, the chicken was seasoned, breaded, and thrown into a, a hot vat of oil. Giovanni spun an egg timer on the counter for ten minutes and stepped away from the bench. Time's ticking, detective, he gloated. It had been five hours and eleven minutes since Persephone had heard anything from Detective Harlan Sanders. So now, against her best judgment, she followed on from the detective's last message and found herself outside of Giovanni's restaurant to find the patrol car she issued vacant. Something had gone very wrong, and she didn't know if she was prepared to get involved, but she'd be damned if all those extra clocks she'd bought didn't get a turn on Detective <laughs> Harlan Sanders' wall. Out the front of the restaurant, the stack of crates and bins that Detective Harlan Sanders had used to get in earlier that night were still in place. After a few deep breaths... She built up the courage to start the ascent, and before she knew it, she was safely inside the office of Giovanni. Looking at the pictures Detective Harlan sent, it looked as if the room hadn't changed. Everything was still in the same order he'd left it, and just as described, there was a passageway, open between the bricks in the corner of the room. As Persephone started her way down the passage, all was silent, except for the subtle sound of bubbling oil and a vague ticking noise. It was ominous, to say the least, but it was too late to back out. As Persephone approached a widening in the passage, there was a sudden booming voice calling out, Seven minutes, Sanders, and if you're lying, I'm taking your chicken fingers. <laughs> Persephone, trembling in fear, persevered down the passage before reaching, an before reaching an opening where she spied Giovanni stompily pacing around the room. She quickly hid behind an oil drum, being sure to stay out of sight. The room was dingy and slick with oil and grime. Definitely not up to food safety standards, she thought to herself. <laughs> It was thoughts like this that helped to ground Persephone in moments of stress. Back in the moment, Persephone tried to formulate a plan. She knew she had no chance against the man-beast that was Giovanni, but if she could work from the shadows, she might be able to help. Persephone took out her phone and began stealthily taking photos of the room and sent them to Bucky. Ba-ding! Detective Harlan Sanders' phone alerted from the table on which it was being kept. In her haste, Persephone had sent the photos to the group chat, and these photos were now on full display from the detective's phone. 
Giovanni, hearing the noise, moved over to the bench and looked at the screen. Well, well, well. Looks like we've got company, bellowed Giovanni. Where are you hiding? Run, shouted Detective Harlan Sanders, not knowing who had come to his rescue. Persephone clung low to the floor and shuffled along behind the oil drums, boxes of spices and old machinery. Giovanni began scattering the piles of stock, searching for the intruder. One by one, he tears down oil drums and racks of spices before finally coming face to face with the cowering Persephone. Thought you could interrupt our little party, did you? Giovanni laughed. He turned to say something snarky to the detective, but was instead met with a barrel colliding with his head Donkey Kong style. Persephone darted her <laughs> eyes to the entry of the room to see none other than the ever unhatted Red Bucky. <gasps> Bucky, she and Detective Harlan Sanders said in unison. <laughs> Turning back, Giovanni was ready to retaliate. His arms raised a hefty barrel above his head, ready to throw. <laughs> Persephone charged towards him in an uncharacteristic show of bravery. With all her might, she collided with the side of Giovanni and knocked him ever so slightly off balance, causing him to... S- causing his throw to soar to the left, flying smack bang into the side of Detective Harlan Sanders' cage. Detective Harlan Sanders reeled in pain as the barrel smashed into his cage, hitting him square in the shoulder. Meanwhile, on the other side of the room, Bucky dodged the rebound of the barrel and made a dash for the bench where he could see Detective Harlan Sanders' service revolver laying next to some of the other detective's belongings. Without missing a beat, Bucky raises his gun, cocks it back and commands Giovanni to get on the ground. Bang! The door opposite the cage crashed open and slammed the wall. Poppy Chicken, gun in hand, enters the room, pointing the gun directly at Bucky. Giovanni, sensing he has the upper hand, turns and pins Persephone to the ground. Poppy was aiming at Bucky, who was aiming at Giovanni, who had Persephone (laughs) pinned to the floor. Seconds felt like hours as this Mexican standoff held firm. No one made a move. The air was still and smelt of chicken. Everything fell silent apart from the bubbling of oil and the intrusive breathing of Giovanni. Poppy opened her mouth to speak, but before she could get any words out, she found herself being crash-tackled by a cage. You see, in all the chaos, Detective Harlan Sanders had found that the floor of the cage had detached from the sides, giving him an almost shopping cart level of protection as he charged full pelt at his old friend Poppy. The two crashed to the ground and Poppy's gun flew across the room toward Bucky. The dastardly two were now outmanned and outgunned. Giovanni released Persephone and inched back toward the edge of the room. It was over. They'd done it. The killing would stop and these murderers would answer for their crimes. Bzzzt. Detective Harlan Sanders' eyes darted over to the noise to see the egg timer dancing on the bench. <gasps> Just in time, declared Detective Harlan Sanders as he walked over to the fryer, revealing the most perfect crispy golden drumsticks Poultry Valley had ever seen. <laughs> Let's get these two cuffs and enjoy ourselves a little snack, shall we? The end. Uh, although I do have a bit of an epilogue uh, to follow as well. Uh, so uh, this is like the end of those crime shows. Like Giovanni and Poppy Chicken were tried in court and received oh, yes, life sentences yes, yes. doing hard okay. labour in Poultry Valley Prison. Bucky got promoted to lead detective on the statewide special fries unit and led an all-star <laughs> team who went on to take down many notorious criminals. Persephone started her own office supply company and soon became the biggest supplier of office clocks in the United States. <laughs> detective Harlan Sanders, well, he decided to give up police work, at least for now, and purchase Poppy Chicken's old store where he sold copious amounts of his family's century-old heirloom secret fried chicken recipe. Wow. The end.